MSW Media. Thanks to Dipsy for supporting Daily Beans. Dipsy is an audio app full of short, sexy stories. If you're looking to light a spark or heat things up, there's a story waiting for you. Get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash dailybeans. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Friday, October 14th, 2022. I'd like to do something a little different today. What? I'm going to read these headlines and I want you to think of them out of context because today was an absolutely incredible day, an historic day, and I don't want these headlines to get lost on you. Today, former President Donald John Trump has been unanimously subpoenaed by the Congressional Committee investigating the coup. The same former president has lost his Supreme Court bid to review classified documents in an espionage investigation. The former vice president's counsel testified before a federal grand jury after having resolved privilege issues. And the New York attorney general has filed an injunction to prevent the former president from hiding business assets in her civil investigation. I'm Allison Gill. And I'm Dana Goldberg. I mean, uh, insane. It, today was mind boggling watching that hearing live with you. Oh, and thanks to Kathy Griffin for her hospitality. Seriously. Indeed. She's such a mensch. She's a mensch. Oh. All the Jews know what that means. We come over. Randy makes us coffee. She we bring we all bring, you know, pastries and snacks and gluten free. Thing. And, and we just all sit there in her screening room and we watch these hearings. And, and there's there is comments from the gallery. <laughs> Some of us are comedians. And every time anyone's <laughs> opened their mouth, it's gold. I think all of us are. Wendy Liebman was there. Yeah. <laughs> you, me, Kathy. And then, of course, I think the biggest applause line of the day was when Liz Cheney reminded everyone that Rudy Giuliani uh, has lost his law license. <laughs> he has indeed been disbarred over <laughs> this situation. Yeah, well, it's been suspended while he's suspended. being disbarred. Yes, right. thank yeah. you. Thank you, thank they you. They were like, normally they go through the disbarment investigation, but that right where they sat down, like an hour into it, they were like, fuck, we got to suspend him <laughs> while we investigate him because this is just jacked ass shit. So they did. And then DC followed suit. So he can't practice law. Not that he was, uh, you know, or... I mean, law. I put law in practice. Quotes. I mean, maybe practicing is he never perfected law. That's for sure. <laughs> so I guess he was definitely practicing a lot. It sort definitely. of like I practiced the trumpet in high school. I was never going to get anywhere, but it was in my mouth. <laughs> I could make so many jokes. <laughs> I know. <laughs> the trumpet uh, and many other uh, things. Yeah, that actually I've never done. Gold star. Let's keep it moving. Gold star moving along. All right. Uh, we do have a lot of news to get to. And I wanted to say thanks to everyone who showed up today to watch the hearing. It was great to see Victor She. He is the co-host with Joel Wine Banks of iGen Politics, which you can hear on Apple Podcasts. It was just truly uh, wonderful to sit with so many intelligent, funny, plugged in people, kind of like the Leguminati, you know, everyone who listens to this show is just so badass. And, and that's why I love the good news segment, which we'll get to at the end of the show after we do the news and talk about what we watched today. So let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. Regarding Trump Donald J. 
v. United States. Quote, the application to vacate the stay entered by the United States Court of Appeals for the 11th Circuit on September 21st, 2022, presented to Justice Clarence Thomas and by him referred to the court, is denied. Dun, dun, dun. Just two days after the Department of Justice filed its response to the former president's motion to vacate the 11th Circuit's ruling against him, Justice Thomas did exactly what I said he was going to do. He referred it to the full court and the full court unanimously, nine nothing, rejected his stupid motion. Now, keep in mind, this is just a little part of the case. This is the case where Donald wanted the Supreme Court to force the Department of Justice to give those 103 classified documents to the special master, Judge Deary, for review. The full appeal for Judge Cannon's entire shitty order is due today, Friday, from the Department of Justice and will be fully briefed to the 11th Circuit by November 17th. Now, if the Department of Justice wins, that will vacate the appointment of the special master and allow the Department of Justice to use the remaining 11,000 unclassified documents in their criminal investigation, which are they're very important to that investigation. And much like this case, Donald would have to petition the Supreme Court to vacate the 11th Circuit decision, which would probably face the same fate. We shall see. The special master may be done reviewing all of the unclassified documents by that time. But it's important for the court to rule in this case to establish that Cannon never had equitable jurisdiction to rule on this or make or appoint a special master in the fucking first place. I'm going to say this between this and the hearing we saw today, it is fucking unbelievable that the amount of our democracy that is still intact is still intact. Yeah. I mean, the classified documents, the storming the Capitol, the insurrection, what he did, what he tried to do to this country, the fact that there wasn't more damage yet. Mind-boggling. Absolutely yeah. mind-fucking-boggling. Mm -hmm. All right. Speaking of more damage to Donald, New York Attorney General Letitia James is seeking a preliminary injunction as part of a $250 million civil suit against former president to stop what she says is his ongoing fraudulent conduct. Sort of like we're taking away Rudy's law license because he's going to keep fucking doing this. On the same day last month that James filed the lawsuit accusing Trump, his three eldest children and two corporate executives of staggering fraud that she claims grossly inflated Trump's net worth, the Trump Organization quietly registered a new entity. Trump Organization 2, that's according to a new court filing Thursday. <laughs> Trump, we'll call it, listen, wait, listen, I'm a genius. We'll call it the Trump Organization 2. <laughs> oh, shit. All right, Thursday's, <laughs> Thursday's filing also made clear James is concerned that Donald and the other defendants could be using the same alleged, quote, fraud and misrepresentation as they prepare Trump's financial statements for the current year. For example, the filing claims that Trump's current valuation of his Mar-a-Lago estate still does not account for restrictions on the use of the property, and that Trump continues to treat $93 million held in a partnership with Vernado Realty Trust as his own money. The guy's a fucking crook. Yeah. So she's like, dude, he's just going to be moving everything over to Trump Organization 2, genius name. And we can't he's going to try to hide these assets. And he likes to hide his and he's currently doing it. Like you like you said, Dana, he likes to call his assets cash because that hides their true that hides their true value. Because yeah. when you put it in cash, it's just all lumped together. It's not itemized out. So I'm going to join the eyewitness protection program. My name is going to be Dana Goldstein. No one's ever going to find me. No, no. I think Dana Goldberg 2 would Dana be Goldberg two. <laughs> Dana Goldberg 2. Dana Goldberg 2. And now, 
early this morning, before the hearing started, we got the news that Mark Short had been spotted outside the courthouse in D.C. canoodling with the grand jury. I tweeted immediately that it must mean that Judge Beryl Howell, who is the D.C. chief judge in charge of grand juries, she must have resolved the privilege claims from his first testimony and compelled him to return to answer the rest of the questions. A few hours later, CNN reported, quote, two former Trump administration officials were seen Thursday at the D.C. federal courthouse where the grand jury meets to, you know, investigating the January 6th Capitol attack. Mark Short, former chief of staff to Vice President Pence, was compelled to testify to the January 6th grand jury on Thursday, according to a person familiar. It was his second time testifying. Short originally declined to answer some of the questions because former President Trump claimed executive privilege. Short previously testified this summer in front of that grand jury. His appearance at the court also comes as DOJ and attorneys for Trump are engaged in a secret court battle to stop a federal grand jury from getting information from former Trump administration officials. Trump's fighting this. Remember the the meeting with the, the Trump lawyers of the Department of Justice? They're having this battle. There's a bunch of stuff filed under seal on the D.C. docket. They're trying to fight out this privilege claim. Now, Trump advisor and former national security aide Kosh Patel was also seen walking into an area where the grand jury meets. Patel did not answer questions. A spokeswoman for Patel told CNN she was not aware Patel was at the courthouse. Okay, whatever. But yeah, that's exactly what happened, Dana. His first time, Mark Short testified. Donald Trump was asserting privilege. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Mark Short was like, I want to testify, but I really would feel better if I had a court order compelling me to testify. And they went and got one. And boy, that did not take long. It did not at all. Now, AG, let's break this shit down. I want to talk about the hearing. First of all, I want to talk about that video of Nancy Pelosi. All of the fucking misogyny, the ageism, that woman did more to save our democracy that day than the president of the fucking United States of America. And I'm going to curse because I'm so pissed that people go after her. She was calm. She was in charge. She called the police, which is one thing Donald said that she did not do. It is on video that she called law enforcement. It was also a very emotional thing to watch as this was going down. It was footage we hadn't seen before. And Pelosi and several members of Congress, including some of the squad, are in this office. Schumer's there, Pelosi's there, and they're all talking about, holy shit, are we going to be able to reconvene? Yeah, and there's Republicans there. There are. And like you said, when she called the cops, she actually called the fucking attorney general saying, do your job as the top law enforcement official in the United States for the Department of Justice and, you know, tell Trump to tell everyone to leave the Capitol. And that's really interesting because on January 15th, back in 2021, just, you know, a little over a week after the the whole thing went down, the Office of the Inspector General for the Department of Justice, Michael Horowitz, launched an investigation into the Department of Justice as to why they didn't or, you know, what steps did they and did they not take as law enforcement, you know, to combat what was happening On January 6th, there were two investigations launched within a one and a half week period. And it was that one. And it was the one, you know, about Jeffrey Clark and all that shit. Yeah. And, you know, they said we will make criminal referrals if that is necessary. So I feel like the Jeffrey Clark one is done, but perhaps, you know, this other one is is done as well. But that is the DOJ's responsibility to respond to that shit. Another interesting thing that happened was a new Cassidy Hutchinson testimony that she was like three feet away from Donald when he was fucking having a shit fit about losing in the Supreme Court with regard to the, you know, the uh, election, uh, you know, his 63 election lawsuits or whatever. And this one, I believe, 
was the Texas attorney general and 17 other attorneys general suing Pennsylvania or whatever. And which was absurd. Went up to the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court's like, get the fuck out. And he was super pissed about that. And, and that's kind of also why it's funny that the Supreme Court also ruled against him nine nothing in the espionage case today. But so he's mad. And he said, you know, what happened? Don't tell everyone we lost. People should know. I don't want people to know we lost. And he's screaming at Mark Meadows and Cassie Hutchins is standing behind him. And he says, we should have made more calls. And that stood out to me. I was like, made more calls about a Supreme Court decision yep. to whom? Who oh, I you? don't know. Maybe someone that you paid off $200,000 of their debt or another Republican did. I bet you every time one of these fucking things happens, there's a knock on Brett Kavanaugh's door that's like, we need $50,000 of that money back, you jackass. Yeah. Or Clarence Thomas, who was the one dissenting vote on that whole SCOTUS yep. thing. We should have made more calls. We should have, you know, we had him. We should have, you know, who, what? And and is this a common Think, have you been calling the Supreme Court? I don't know. It was fucked up. Or maybe they should have made more calls to Ginny, thinking she'd be able to whip Clarence into shape. Who knows? Who knows? Mm -hmm. Now, another bombshell from this. We knew this. We knew the Secret Service was somehow aware of all of the violent threats. We didn't know to what extent. It is fucking nuts. They had information for weeks in advance off all of these social media things that there was going to be violence, that people were armed. There were arrests the day before. And the morning at the Ellipse and the Secret Service knew all of this. They told him it was violent. He didn't give a shit. <laughs> my One of my favorite parts was that the Secret Service was like, you're not going to the Ellipse. And he's like, I want to go to the Ellipse. I mean, I want to go to the Capitol. And they're like, you're not going to the Capitol. He's like, I'll walk to the Capitol. And if not, I'll stay in the Beast. And I'm like, there's no fucking way this guy has the <laughs> cardio to walk to the Capitol. He's definitely <laughs> driving in the Beast. But the, the Secret Service needs to be investigated because obviously they erased the text messages, but a million pieces of evidence. And I'm not exaggerating that number between phone calls and emails. Yeah. And we don't have the text. It would be more than we don't that. have the text. Can you imagine if it, the text messages were there? These are without the text messages. Those were dropped on the January 6th committee yesterday. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's what we call a depot dump. Well, we well, by the time we're listening to this, it was two days ago, but it's just fucking insane. And they're still going through all that information. So this is just the amount of evidence that they found in like a 48 hour period going through a million pieces of information. Mind blowing. Absolutely mind blowing. There's definitely more out there. And they knew that the Proud Boys were planning to attack the Capitol. This was all on the Donald.win or whatever the, the clown fart dot yeah. fuck or whatever the fuck. I don't know. It was just and What's interesting is they're going to keep investigating. They're going to keep, continue to go through those things. And all of that will end up in their final report. And there was this weird mention, Dana, of an order given by apparently Donald Trump, but not really, to withdraw all troops. He did this on November 11th. Yeah. After he knew he lost the election, he put out an order to withdraw all, all the troops, you know, that were at which is very dangerous. And all, of course, they have like Mark Milley and other you know, generals on there being like, we're not doing this. This is fucking, you need to write a thing and, and have an order. And so McEntee, the 24-year-old douchebag who hides Smirnoff Ices in the OPP office and forces people to chug them, that guy, wrote up an order and had Donald sign it. Yeah, and it wasn't automated. It was his fucking signature. Yeah, and the whole, and he testified to that. So that guy's such a douche. I hope he I hope that guy gets arrested. I do, too. And this is also a big key from the, the hearing today. They're going to be investigating possible obstruction of justice with regards to Engel and Ornato. 
the testimony that they gave and people that have that, that they're telling these guys to lie to the committee. They have they seem to have evidence of some sort of people trying to obstruct. And it'll be really interesting to know who that was, who's telling them to obstruct this this hearing because I'm they, sure they have evidence. It had to have been Donald or mm-hmm. I mean, could it have been ahead of I, I don't know. I also wonder, like heads of FBI's or, you know, <laughs> the Secret Service at the time, like, hey, keep your mouth shut. We're in a lot of fucking trouble. Who yeah, knows? Someone on behalf of Meadows, like who the person who called absolutely Cassidy, uh, Hutchinson and, and yep. threatened her. It's and that's really dangerous because, you know, Engel and Ornato were the ones who Cassidy testified about, you know, you know, Trump grabbing the steering wheel in the SUV and being really angry about all that stuff. And then Engel and Ornato wouldn't come back in to testify. And right before Ornato was supposed to come back in to testify, he retired. He resigned. So he couldn't be compelled to do that unless he was under subpoena. And by then it's just too late because then he could fight that in court for a year or whatever. And of course, in their previous testimony, when they were asked about that stuff, they didn't recall. They didn't say it didn't happen. They said they didn't recall. And apparently someone told them to say that. And I don't know who, but they're going to be investigating it. I hope we find out. Uh And the big fucking the cliffhanger slash shocker of the end of the season. I'm going to say this. It's exactly what you're saying. Democrats finally figured out. And this isn't just Democrats, but they finally figured out how to produce a good finale to this shit show because Republicans have been doing it for a long time. We finally got our shit together and boy, did they do it. Yeah. So at the end of this episode, <laughs> the end of this hearing, the end of the season, and we learned about halfway through that this was going to happen and everybody was like, fuck. And I'd really be interested to see how the ratings climbed. Yeah, for sure. After this came out, but they unanimously voted to subpoena Donald Trump. And when Benny Thompson was announcing it, he looked right at the the Capitol Police officers in the front row, my friends, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, Hodges, who's the guy who got smashed in the door, Officer Harry Dunn, Officer Michael Fanone, Brian Sicknick's wife, and um, Officer Gunnell. And looked him right in the face and said, when you testified before us in our very first hearing, you said, please do your job. Well, given that 30 top officials have pled the fifth and we have no other way of getting this information and we have to do what's right on behalf of you, on behalf of all the officers who put their bodies and lives on the line that day, on behalf of all the voters who votes he tried to steal on behalf of every single American, I am putting in a resolution to subpoena Donald Trump. And everyone was like, whoa. And uh, and then they voted. and It was unanimous. And what I think is going to happen, Dana, is Trump's going to be like, look, he he loves spectacle. Absolutely. So he's going to be like, look, I'll come in if it's live on television in public and I'm not under oath or something. He'll he'll make some ridiculous demand. And the committee will be like, no, dude. Yeah. And he'll be like, see, I tried. I tried to tell my side of the story and they they silenced me. The deep state. I won't testify behind closed doors because they can't be trusted. They'll manipulate my testimony. Meh. And to his, you know, minions, that will be like, yeah. Right. You know, of course. Yeah. When, of course, it's just him not wanting to be transparent. Well, there's a couple things. I mean, like you said, his ego. So his lawyers aren't going to let him say anything. I'm sure that he'll plead the fifth. But Donald's that guy that wants to tell everyone he fucking ordered the code red. Like Donald wants to be the guy. You know what I mean? He's like, you're damn right. I ordered the code. He wants to do this. He does, but they won't let him. I do think there's going to be a lot of fifth pleading if he even shows up. But it's really interesting because I know that he's been blowing up his uh, truth social with posts. And I guarantee the committee is watching and taking in all of these. 
And so it goes back to this whole thing about what he believed. He knew he lost the election and then what he was saying publicly. And I think that's going to be a big part of it. Dana. <laughs> what? I have breaking news. This was Sh- just, Shut up. Shut up. Just, what? Just fucking sent to me. I swear on fucking all that is good and holy that this was just sent to me. Well, I saw you looking down. I was like, she's not listening to anything I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) After the January 6th committee unanimously voted in favor of subpoenaing Trump, he's been telling those in his orbit he's not opposed to the idea. Quote, the former president has been telling aides he favors doing so so long as he gets to do so live, according to a person familiar with his discussion. (laughs) The New York Times' Maggie Haberman reported Thursday evening. However, it's unclear whether the committee would accept such a demand. Not everyone in Trump's circle is convinced that him testifying would be a wise idea. He should not, a Trump advisor who speaks regularly with the former president told the Daily Beast on Thursday night. A Trump spokesperson didn't immediately return the Daily Beast request for comments. There you have it. His lawyers are going to be like, fuck no, he pops off so fast they're not going to be able to shut him up fast enough to say something that's not going to incriminate himself live on national television. That is has got to be a world fucking record on that was putting beans out there and the <laughs> beans coming true. <laughs> like, seriously, I swear to fucking God. It's right here today. Right yeah. now. It's yeah. Good girl. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. You're not good at your that. job for nothing. All right. Well, if as if we needed more good news today, we'll be right back with some. Stick around. After these messages, we'll be right back. Quote, when she moved back to her hometown, Gia never expected to run into Jack, but when she sees him at the local dive bar, she finds herself drawn to him all over again. Would you like to know what happens next? Or maybe you want to know a whole lot more. Check out this sexy story and many more on Dipsy. Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short, sexy audio stories designed by women for women. They bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and characters. No matter who you're into or what turns you on, you can find stories about that intriguing coworker with an Australian accent or hooking up with your hot yoga instructor. Right, right? Dipsy also has sleep stories and wellness sessions. And now they also offer written stories. New content is released every week. So in between listening to your favorite stories again and again, you can always find something new to explore. Dipsy is the perfect way to get in the mood, spark your imagination, or connect with yourself. For listeners of this show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash dailybeans. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A, dipsystories.com slash dailybeans. Again, that's dipsystories.com slash dailybeans. You'll be glad you did. Everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. Who likes good news, everyone? Then good news, everyone. Good news, good news. And if you have any good news, confessions, corrections, anything at all you want to send to us, whether it's pet pics for tax with Halloween costumes or on Santa's lap or, you know, whatever, anything you want to send us, a a shout out to your favorite person in the world, you can send it to us by going to dailybeanspod.com and clicking on contact. All right. First up from Dana S. Pronouns he and him. Getting my COVID bivalent booster. Asked a nurse with a big needle if I could take a picture that included the shirt. Nurse with Big Needle asked what the shirt meant. I replied to Nurse with Big Needle that I'd tell her after I got the shot. (laughs) All went well with only an eye roll from the nurse afterwards. It's the crimes and crimes and crimes shirt. (laughs) I love it. 
It says that, you know, the one that says 18 U.S. Oh, code yeah. Section 371 and 2071. And yeah, with all the crimes for Donald Trump. That's great. And I'm glad you got at least an eye roll, Dana. That was awesome. All right. This is from Heather Ann, pronoun she and her. I voted today. I mailed my ballot and voted for Kermit Jones as our House member. I'm very hopeful we can finally flip my rural Northern California District Blue with this great guy. He's a Navy veteran, a flight medic. So I think he would have a lot to offer as our House member. Pet Tax is a couple of pictures of my newly adopted doggo. I bet you can guess his two main breeds from this picture sitting on the bench. The other picture, I'm going to call Crimes and Crimes and a dog in a chicken suit. Because <laughs> why not? <laughs> guess what I named him? Can you guess? Here's a clue. I may have taken dog naming advice from a podcast. That's right. I took Andrew's suggestion and named my new dog Patsy Baloney. Do I, <laughs> do I regret it when people ask my dog's name that I have to tell them Patsy? Maybe. But it means I have a perfect song to sing to him when he gets his daily treat. I'm sure you know how it will go. My doggy has a first name. It's P-A-T-S-Y. My doggy has a second name. It's B-A-L-O-N-E-Y. I love to pet him every day. And if you ask me what I'll say. And then I just say whatever the fuck I want. Because nothing really works for the end of that song anyway. Usually, I just tell him he's the best dog in the whole world. Yeah, and you can change it to, you know, my doggy has a first name. It's P A T S Y. My doggy has a second name. It's no, yeah, no. Nope. You try. Doesn't work. No, it doesn't work. All right. Oh, P A L O N E Y. Because Oscar Mayer has a way with B A L O N E Y. B O L O G N A. And look. At this, honey, this looks like like part boxer and part pibble. I don't pit know. There's bull. no answer. Uh, there's yeah. There's looks like there's um yeah. I would say boxer pitbull with uh, that pattern on there. Sure. What a sweetie. And there's another crimes and crimes and crime shirt. Yay! So many out there, dude. And every day we get a little bit closer. All right. Next up from anonymous pronoun she and her. Hello, beans queens. I want to share some good news and an even better organization. We adopted Charlie five years ago this week. He is 10 or 11 years old, still very much a young dog at heart. Charlie is one of those rare creatures who is able to connect with anyone he meets. Our neighbor has been terrified of dogs since she was a young child, and now she can't wait to see him on his morning walks. Yvette from Why Not Save a Sam has the biggest heart. She does everything she can to help rescue and rehome this amazing breed. So Why Not is why, the letter Y, not Save a Sam, S-A-M, as in Samiad, I'm guessing. She has the biggest heart. She does everything she can to help rescue and rehome this amazing breed. Look at this dog! <laughs> she has a wonderful group of Sammy wannabes over the years because she just can't leave them behind. I've attached a couple of pictures. E.G., look at the dog! <laughs> the sweet boy for death. Oh. And it is. It's a Samiad. Oh, man. That bat picture. Holy hell. (laughs) With the little fuck. (laughs) What a baby. And the happy tongue. So sweet. Oh, why not save a Sam? Little polar bell. Looks like he always has his little blip out his tongue. Oh, Oh my God. The third picture. Oh, I can't. I I can't. I can't. I can't. So good. Thank you for that. All right. This is from Angela. Pronoun she and her. A lovely feral cat gave birth to five kittens in my garage this summer. She came through a broken window and it took me a while to realize the kitten I thought I was feeding was a new mother of five doing a fantastic job of kitten rearing in 110 degree heat. Holy shit. 
We were able to get them amid the piles of stored items when they were about five weeks old. My family didn't believe that there were kittens in the garage and were amazed to see five of the cutest, healthiest kitties ever. We're in the process of trapping, neutering, and releasing the parents, but so far they are too clever for our traps. I found a home for two of the kittens and I have three of them left. They're fixed and free to Las Vegas residents. They're fearless. They love dogs, cats, everyone. Oh my God. They're litter trained and as delightful as can be. My husband got a great job in Seattle. We'll be moving with our own menagerie soon. I hope to find amazing homes for these lovelies and I thought I'd offer them here. The second picture is their lovely parents. They were born around July 18th and these three kittens are very furry and puffy and very cute. They look like little rag dolls. Look I at the parents. <gasps> oh, they're gorgeous. They're I want beautiful. Them. Can I have them? I'm not in Vegas. Come to San Diego. Bring the kittens. Well, there's a little note. Just email us at Kanai, K-A-N-A-I, as most of you know, at MullerSheWrote.com. Put Vegas kitties in the subject line and we'll put you in touch. Kanai is so rad. I love Kanai. Our, our, our producer's fucking awesome. Is he our network manager? Yes, he's many things. He's just, he's a good man. These are beautiful kitties. Uh, the one on the bottom right is my fave. The one is like, what the fuck do you want? Look at these <laughs> parents though. Look how gorgeous. They're like, yeah, we're fucking, yeah, we're making kitties in your garage. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? Yeah, we're, yeah, we're going to do it again too. Try and fucking trap us. There's kitties all over this city. <laughs> we're trapping kitties all over the cities. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> They're so cute. Next up from Proud Mother from Texas, pronoun she and her. Greetings. I have a good news, bad news story to share. My mother was raised to be a bigot. Oof. Fortunately, she's really bad at it because she didn't pass that along to her children. Nice. I guess societal pressure caused her to generally keep her thoughts to herself. Unfortunately, the MAGA movement has now given her permission to speak these things out loud. The good news part is that my siblings and I, we always taught our children to judge each person individually for who they are and nothing else, even before they were old enough to understand what we were even talking about. And both my children have come out to me as transgender. All those years of teaching respect and tolerance for each individual allowed my children's coming out to be just a little bit easier. Both have transitioned and aren't afraid to be themselves, even in Texas. I love that. My bigoted Trump-loving mother now has six non-bigoted Democratic voting grandchildren. <laughs> Sometimes change comes too slowly, but it does happen. Oh, man. Thank you for both for all you do to make this world just a little bit better for all of us. Oh. Well, thank you, proud mother. It's amazing. Amazing story. Indeed. Well done. All right. This is from Andrea. Pronouns she and her. Hello, Beanie Babes. Been loving you for years. I don't know how you do everything you do, but I'm so grateful that you do it. Got some swears and Halloween pics to share. I often see people write TFG to refer to the orange menace, number 45. I admit it took me an embarrassingly long time to realize it meant the former guy and not that fucking guy. I think it should be both, by the way. <laughs> it now makes more sense giving the folks I've seen use it, but I like my misread version better. I, I do, do too, too, Andrea. Yeah. I also love mixing real swears with words or phrases that are meant to replace swears. Hence, geez, the fucking wheeze or gosh, damn it both regular in my vocabulary. And finally, I'll share some favorite homemade Halloween costumes. You saw me previously as the classic She-Ra. Today, Edward Scissorhands, Botticelli, am I saying Botticelli right? Botticelli? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Botticelli Venus. She lifts, brah. That's funny. And perhaps my favorite, The Blob, star of the 
inimitable 1958 film, The Blob. Thanks for everything. Mwah. <laughs> this is great. Look at this. That's funny. Oh, that's a good Edward Scissorhands. Oh, that's a really good Edward Scissorhands. And there's The Blob. Yeah, that's my favorite movie, by the way, of all time. Edward Scissorhands. I saw it 17 times in the theater, three times on acid. Oh, my God. Okay. You just said three <laughs> times on acid. I thought you were going to say on DVD. <laughs> LSD DVD. I know. You're like, I saw it eight times in the theater and three times on acid. (laughs) And Andrew, I love the mixing like words, like phrases that are meant to keep you from swearing with actual swear words that happened to me. In fact, my first shirt that I sold as a comedian had this phrase on it because I was actually talking to my goddaughter. I was trying to, you know, I don't have kids. And so I don't have to try to curb my swearing. But when my goddaughter was really young, I was trying to you know, abbreviate my swear words. And one time I, I screwed it up and, and she was like, it was something like she wanted to go to the zoo, but uh, we couldn't go that day or something. And uh, instead of say, I was trying to say WTF, but I just said WT fuck. Yeah. Like right to her face. Good stuff. And I bought WTFuck.com and I, I had shirts made and everything. So that I still have some somewhere in storage from like 2009. WT fuck. Brought to you by Allison Gill, trying not to swear. So I get that so much. And I love I love your suggested swears here. Uh, thank you, everyone, for sending in your amazing, amazing good news stories uh, and pet photos. And those two cat parents are just so Oh, my handsome. God. They are beautiful. And the kittens. I love it. And the Sammy at Rescue. Again, that's Why Not Save a Sam. That's so great. Um, I love that. And this little pit, pit bull mix with the crimes and crimes and crimes. And thank you for sharing your photos, getting vaccines, because we are super pro-vaccine. All right, that's the show. Uh, Dana, do you have any final thoughts before we get out of here for the weekend? And are you going to be back Monday? I won't be back Monday. I'll be back Tuesday. All right. Sounds like a deal. Until then, everybody, please take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet. Take care of your mental health. And vote blue over Q. And take someone with you. <laughs> I'm AG. <laughs> and I've been DG. <laughs> and them's the beans. The Daily Beans is written and executive produced by Allison Gill with additional research and reporting by Dana Goldberg and Amy Carrero. Sound design and editing is by Desiree McFarlane with art and web design by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. Music for The Daily Beans is written and performed by They Might Be Giants and the show is a proud member of the MSW Media Network, a collection of creator-owned podcasts dedicated to news, politics, and justice. For more information, please visit mswmedia.com. M-S-W-Media. <laughs>